This is Empowered Explant, the podcast helping women ditch their breast implants with confidence. I'm Dana Mersica, board certified health and wellness coach and explant warrior. It is early in the morning here. I kind of just woke up and got into podcast recording mode so it's kind of dark in here and it's still dark outside and I just threw on some lip gloss and a hoodie and here I am (laughs) sassy's still in bed sleeping Uh, so we are going to dive in and I'm sticking with the surgery prep theme here for this episode to relieve some stress for the breasties who are planning for their big day. I actually just met a breastie here in Austin yesterday in person who flew in for their surgery this week. And uh, actually her surgery is today. And it was just so nice to be able to give her a big hug. I honestly, I wish I could hug all of you. Um, and have that in-person connection more often. Um, Being with her, it reminded me of how big the emotions are before surgery. There's really nothing quite like it. And, and, you know, I think that that's why we all just connect on such a deep level because no one else, if if you haven't gone through it, you know, people just think, oh yeah, you're just having your implants out. But it's so much deeper than that, right? It's, it's, there's a lot of layers of emotion here. And sometimes those emotions get so overwhelming that all the things that you have to do or not do in the lead up to surgery get kind of blurry. And then you pair that with some brain fog and it can just feel like a lot, right? And uh, I, I remember that myself. And I've noticed that not all surgeons, in fact, most don't, give you all the details of what you should and shouldn't be doing prior to surgery, to prepare for surgery. They give you like, you know, a list of what to avoid immediately before surgery, but they don't really give like a holistic approach to what you can be doing to really prepare and give yourself the best outcomes. Um, A side note, if you need a list of pre-surgery to-dos, you can download my free 33-step explant planning checklist by going to checklist.empoweredexplant.com. That could be really, really helpful for you. I've linked that in the show notes. But today we are going to talk about the things that you should avoid before your explant surgery. And before we get into it, quick disclaimer. Please know I'm not a medical doctor and this podcast does not constitute medical or mental health advice. I share from my personal experience, research, and conversations with other people. 
If you are experiencing symptoms, pain, post-surgery complications, or mental health concerns, please seek care from your medical provider or surgeon. And please make any medical decisions in consultation with a qualified and experienced healthcare professional. Okay, diving into this avoid list. Let's go. So first up, inflammatory foods and ingredients. They'll make your BII symptoms worse, damage your gut health, cause hormone imbalance, slow down post-surgery healing, and decrease your body's ability to detox effectively, which is a big one. Ingredients on this list include anything containing sugar, gluten, or dairy, processed meats and foods, fried foods. Um, There are more, but I do have a whole list of foods to avoid and foods to eat in my anti-inflammatory protocol, as well as recipes you can follow or just use them as a guide. But uh, that can be really helpful because I'm, I, you know, I don't want to just sit here and make a whole list of <laughs> read out a whole list of foods. But follow, you know, some anti-inflammatory food guidelines there. And it's also helpful to follow the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 when buying produce so that you avoid pesticides and chemicals. So what that means is essentially you want to, the the Dirty Dozen, you would want to make sure that you buy those particular produce items organic um, because they have the highest risk of pesticides. So that can really help as well. Another inflammatory substance is alcohol. The longer you can avoid this one, the better. Most surgeons say no alcohol two weeks prior to surgery because it's a blood thinner and it interferes with your blood's ability to clot. Alcohol also disrupts how your body absorbs anesthesia. So it can increase surgical risks quite significantly. But for me personally, I don't think that two weeks is long enough. I cut out alcohol four months prior to my surgery. And in my programs, I recommend to stop drinking alcohol three months before surgery. On top of it being dangerous for surgery and super inflammatory, you really want to give your body a break from adding extra toxins for it to try and process. We want to give our detox organs as much support as possible leading into surgery and during healing. Okay, caffeine, as I sit here and sip on my Four Sigmatic coffee, which is half-calf, actually, and I love it. Mm. So fun fact, caffeine is actually considered a drug because it stimulates the central nervous system. It's one of the most commonly consumed drugs in America today, and I'm sure many other parts of the world. And a large part of that is because it's not seen as a drug. I mean, even I, like, I, I don't necessarily look at caffeine as a drug, but it, but it is, you know, um, and it's addictive too. 
And although most of us love a good caffeine hit, it can cause complications during surgery. So it needs to be on the avoid list. This does include coffee, energy drinks, and teas that contain caffeine. Now, many surgeons will recommend to stop consuming caffeine at least a week before surgery. But I'm going to be the fun police (laughs) and recommend that you avoid it for a minimum of one month before surgery and longer if you can. Why is that? Well, because if your body is addicted to caffeine and you might not even know that it is, but it likely is if it's something that you are consuming on a daily basis, there's going to be some level of withdrawal and that can cause headaches and just really a not super great feeling. Um, So it's much better that you get all of that out of the way several weeks before your surgery. Reducing caffeine is also a part of my anti-inflammatory gut health and detox protocols. So You really are just doing your body a favor for all of those reasons too, but it's also just nice when you have your procedure and you come out of surgery. So, you know, a lot of us, especially with BII symptoms, we're experiencing brain fog and fatigue and, you know, cognitive issues and all of that. And and quite often, you know, we become reliant on caffeine to get us through our days prior to surgery, right? We, we just want to get through the day and I get it. Um, but by removing caffeine prior to surgery, you kind of can really see your baseline. You really get an idea of where you're at without caffeine and allow your body come, to come back to that natural baseline. And then once you remove your implants, you're able to get a really clear indication of those symptoms clearing up because you're not using stimulants for energy, right? So you're able to actually see that natural progression, that natural healing, that natural regaining of clarity and energy and get a really, really good clear indication of whether it is the implant's coming out that is helping with that rather than, you know, going through caffeine withdrawals during your surgery recovery and then getting back on the caffeine as soon as you can after surgery and just not really giving yourself the chance to connect with your body and see how it's really doing without all those extra layers of of stimulants and, and things. All right, I've got another culprit of inflammation for you, but this one isn't one that you eat, although some people do have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'm talking about stress. Being in a state of constant stress is toxic for the body. It messes with your hormones. It causes gut health issues and increases inflammation. It's the opposite of the state that you want your body to be in when you're preparing for surgery because your body doesn't heal effectively when it's in a state of stress. You know, it can be tough because this surgery is a big deal and there's a lot that can feel very overwhelming and stressful, but 
it's important that you make reducing stress a priority. And there are lots of ways to do that. Um, but really building that into your daily routine. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk about stress. I have talked about stress in other episodes. I will talk about stress again. It's a big topic. Uh, there's a lot of ways to approach that stress and anxiety and overwhelm. And uh, I am absolutely here as a support for that. Another one for you to avoid is comparison. It's totally normal to want to look at other women's before and after photos to get some idea of what results can look like. But please try and avoid the comparison trap, which really quickly becomes a very unhealthy rabbit hole of setting expectations and measuring results for your own surgery. Just remember that your journey is unique and your results will be unique too. All right, this one is obvious, but smoking. Listen, I mean, everyone should always, always avoid smoking cigarettes and using nicotine products. It is 2023, people. <sighs> and if you are currently using nicotine or smoking ciggies, that's, that's you know, what, uh, what we call them in Australia. <laughs> it's the outback term. Uh, then now is a great time to quit. Just use this as a full excuse and opportunity to quit cold turkey. Get off it. You are strong enough to do that. The blood supply and circulation to the skin and body organs is compromised because of nicotine and severe permanent complications can occur after surgery during your recovery because of it. These problems include respiratory complications, poor healing, large areas of skin loss and skin death, and severe and extensive scarring. Basically, nicotine sucks. It sucks for a whole lot of reasons, even outside of surgery. Just stay away from it. <laughs> um, okay, there's that. Uh, rant over. Going into avoiding being sedentary. Even though you might have BII symptoms that are wreaking havoc, you may feel like crap and you may be super low energy. It is so important that you are getting adequate movement before your surgery. Being sedentary may lead to poor blood circulation, blood clots, difficulty in recovering, and slowed healing. Exercise also helps your body detox. So if you aren't getting movement, you're just not doing yourself any favors. So yeah, get that movement in. Uh, next up, dehydration. We want to avoid dehydration. So maintaining adequate hydration is really necessary for a long list of reasons, but um, just sticking to the theme here, leading into explant surgery, it's especially good for supporting the detox system and excreting toxins, reducing constipation, and keeping your veins nice and plump so they can find them easily when they're setting up your IVs because I don't know if anyone has ever experienced 
when they can't find your veins, but it sucks. Staying super hydrated before surgery can help with that. And another tip to keep your your digestive tract functioning smoothly and avoiding constipation, which is a major issue um, during surgery recovery, is to avoid eating heavy meals, red meat, and gassy or hard-to-digest foods for two weeks leading up to surgery. And, you know, each to their own. Your body may be a well-oiled machine, if you know what I mean, and you may have no issues with digesting red meat. It might just, like, flow straight through you. But, you know, I certainly don't have that (laughs) capability. Um, And I know that, you know, it tends to be the case. especially for a lot of us, because a lot of us do have gut health issues uh, leading into this. So that can be just being really mindful of what you are consuming, making sure it's easy to digest and looking after your your bowel movement health (laughs) going into surgery. Next up, we want to avoid using detox stimulators and binders before explant. So a, a question I hear a lot is whether you should start detoxing before explanting. And this topic is an episode all on its own because there's a lot to cover here. So I can't really dive into all the specifics, but in short, I don't typically recommend stimulating detox before explant surgery with anything super intense like sauna, lymphatic massage, taking detox supplements, things like that. Unless you are medically advised to do so for some reason, of course, you know, that's a different story. But the reason being is it might just make you feel worse and your body might not be able to effectively process and excrete the toxins. So you could just be creating more of a buildup for your body to struggle with, right? If those detox pathways are not open and flowing. So what you want to be doing before surgery is supporting your detox organs and your body's ability to detox, which everyone's bodies are designed to be able to do but don't always do effectively. And um, even your genetics come into this. So like I said, it's a really big topic, but we'll talk about that more in a detox-focused episode soon. Also to help reduce the toxic load, it helps to avoid toxic household products, beauty and skincare products, and makeup. Uh, There are a lot of things that you can do to reduce environmental toxins in your home. And I think a lot of us don't realize how many toxins are around us and, and what we're putting on our bodies and how many ingredients are in those products. Like on the makeup that we wear, for example, every day, how toxic they can be. So... I do include some clean product recommendations on the Trusted Partners page of the Empowered Explant website. Uh, That's at empoweredexplant.com forward slash partners, and it's linked in the show notes. But, you know, ultimately, um, 
starting to make those switches to clean products at least a few months before your surgery, like deodorant and shampoo and conditioner and makeup and all of those things, you know, your, your cleaning products, um, all those things prior to surgery, at least a few months prior can really just start to alleviate the toxic burden on your body and give your body that opportunity to detox faster in recovery and healing. And while you're at it, screw it. Let's uh, let's avoid toxic people. Get rid of those if you need to as well. <laughs> um, I think we all have a few toxic energy people in our lives that um, we probably need to reduce. And also clean out your social media so that you aren't following anyone or consuming anything that doesn't make you feel good or feeds you negative vibes. Because all of that really contributes as well to to just mindset and stress and you know those stress hormones inside us and how we feel about ourselves and all of that. We want to avoid all the medications and vitamins pre-surgery that your surgeon tells you to stop using. And you want to get that list from your surgeon in advance so that you can plan for it. Sometimes surgeons tend to give like all that paperwork kind of late in the game. Um, And so just, you know, don't be afraid. I think a big part of the empowered movement here is to use your voice. Don't be afraid to ask your surgeon questions and ask for things when you want them in advance so that you can feel really prepared. Um, and, and this list is typically going to include meds and diet supplements that interfere with blood clotting. And you'll typically be asked to stop using these at least two weeks before and two weeks after surgery. And this includes things like ibuprofen, aspirin, vitamin E, fish oil, turmeric, echinacea. Um, My surgeon had me stop all vitamins to be on the safe side, including like any multivitamin supplements or like literally any any dietary supplements that I was taking. Um, And the only thing I took prior to surgery was the Arnica supplement. Uh, So, you know, it's one of those things, um, different surgeons, different rules, different requirements, different recommendations, but uh, definitely get that list from your surgeon and follow it. And then also, if it's not clear on the list, once again, ask questions. If you're taking something, if you're taking a supplement and you're not sure if that's going to be okay, then send over the ingredients list to your surgeon uh, like take a photo of it and send it to them and have them give the final like yes or no on whether you should be taking it or not. Um, that can just really help when you're like spinning around in your head, like, should I be taking this or not? Let's just ask. And finally, avoid eating or drinking anything during the fasting window before surgery which, excuse me, which your surgeon will advise you of. So they're going to let you know when to 
stop eating and drinking, but it usually means stopping consuming anything after a certain time the night before your surgery. And this is going to include water, gum, mints, like literally everything. Um, but confirm that cutoff time and the details with your surgeon prior to your surgery, just so that you have that. And then little helpful tip, I set a calendar reminder um, and an alarm. Like I double protected myself and I, I set a calendar reminder for dinner. I'm like, this is your last meal before surgery. Remember, enjoy it. Um, and then I set calendar reminders and, and alarms for later to make sure that I didn't have anything after that time. And then made sure that like I didn't have any glasses of water sitting around or a water bottle next to my bed so that I wasn't tempted to drink throughout the night. All of those little safeguards can really help. And then boom, surgery day arrives. You made it. And it's time to have a little rest and wake up on the lighter side, finally. And we'll cover post-op do's and don'ts in another episode. I think that's about it on my pre-op avoid list, although I wouldn't be surprised if something else comes to mind after I publish this. Uh, and seriously, if you think of something that I missed, don't be afraid to shoot me an EM, a, an EM, <laughs> that's a, an email or a DM and let me know. Um, and be sure to talk to your surgeon to get their recommendations and pre-op instructions. Like I said earlier, a lot of surgeons tend to give you varied advice and there may be recommendations specific to you. So it is really important to follow your surgeon's advice first and foremost, even though yes, this this you know episode is a helpful guide and there's a lot of helpful Facebook groups and information out there, but just, you know, sticking to what your surgeon says initially and then kind of building on that as far as what you can do a few months prior to help really, really get your body prepped. And remember, the Empowered Explant website is a resource for you and so am I. I want to take the stress out of this for you as much as possible. If you feel like you'd benefit from coaching or support, or you're looking for a specific resource, please reach out to me at darna at empoweredexplant.com or you can reach out to me through the website or on Facebook or on Instagram. <laughs> all the places I am everywhere. Uh, all the links are in the show notes so you can totally reach out to me anytime I am here for you. And come join us in the Empowered Explant Facebook group if you want to hang out with a group of amazing, supportive breasties. All right, that's it for today. I will see you here next week, breastie.